Welcome to Well Played Podcast, the show on all things playful and joyous in education. I'm your host, Michael Matera, and Well Played is a part of On Podcast Media. Uh, check out their website for all sorts of great PD. And I am a sixth grade teacher, author, motivational speaker, and I cannot believe I'm about to say this, but we have hit season four, episode 10. And with me, I have Jordan back on the show. And we are going to be talking about uh, adding buildings and building power-ups to your game. This is a really awesome category and things I've tinkered with in the past, and I know Jason's doing it as well, so I thought let's have this chat together. Uh, But Jordan, before we get started, I know you've been on the show before, but introduce yourself to our new listeners. Sure. I'm Jordan Lachlan. I teach in uh, Glen Mary School in Peace River, Alberta, Canada. I teach junior high social studies, so like... Canadian history, world history, and we do we cover Canadian government and with our social nine. Nice. Uh, all right, so I mean, let's get to it because this topic, this topic is is awesome. I I'm gonna first admit before we get too far into this that buildings are. Buildings and, and maps are something I've tried to add to my game a few times over my years doing this. And uh, Carrie Bachman and I joke that there there's a bulletin board we each have in our in our classrooms that <laughs> it it is the place where good ideas go to die because mm-hmm. we always try something with it, right? And we, we and I've tried a map on there, and people could travel to various spots. I have tried buildings and. Um, inevitably like i don't keep up with it it's not that it's a non-functional idea i just it was a bridge too far for me and this year i've reintroduced building well actually last year i reintroduced buildings and used those and now in this virtual sense i reintroduced buildings in kind of a different way than i had a year ago and so we have a lot to talk about but i just wanted to point out that games that are year long like like ours we, we go through these growth processes and I want everybody to hear not every idea is like a slam dunk. Not everything works. Some things you retool and fix and other things never come back. Um, and then there's that coveted and buildings for me and maps for me are this coveted, like I am going to always try to get this to be right in my game. <laughs> Well, just so you know, I also have a bulletin board like that too, that where things go and it died. Like my grade nine game, I tried to do, so I have three different games going, or I tried to, and that grade nine game basically failed. And that's okay because I know that eventually I'm going to get it going. And it, so it's got like a map there and I started out strong and then it just died off with the content because I, it was, it's really content heavy, but I, but my grade seven game with the buildings and building their colonies and settlements, it flourished with their buildings. And they, instead of moving forward and keep exploring, they kept building more buildings because they just wanted more and more powers. So, yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, uh, like on that note, let's, let, how about you start? What's, what's, what are we talking about? I guess let's maybe for all those that aren't used to gamification, how are we adding buildings? Like, what does that mean to add a building to your gamified class? Well, I'm not really sure. Like, I my game is kind of like Civilization and Catan built together, and 
they're going in my grade seven game, they're exploring Canada and they're setting up settlements and colonies. And so with that, they want to build up their colony and have it as strong as they can. So they're building buildings like churches and cathedrals and schools. And with that, they can then open up and unlock more and more things and power ups in the game for them. So for you, the buildings are a little bit of almost like a tech tree. You know, you've got to first have this to unlock these two choices. Yeah. And on some of those, maybe they help. Uh, is it by class then? I mean, is it like there's one town for this class? Is it by group? Well, actually, they can they can set up more and more settlements. So exactly like civilization where they're going and exploring and then they set up a they build a settlement, uh, settlement, they're all of their co- group together is a colony. So they are basically running and exploring our new world, right? So I call it Turtle Island. That's what my game is, the fight for Turtle Island. So they're, the goal is to expand and then control all of Turtle Island. Nice. My so then with each period then? being like a faction trying to control Turtle Island? We have four guilds per class, and this year I I'd had two classes, so that means eight. So there's eight guilds, colonies, on my battle board. And so they all have their own color, and then they set up their own settlements, and they get resources, and then they build, and then they can trade for resources and buy out of my store, and... Yeah, some of them, some of the buildings give them, like, victory points so then they can, like, eventually win the game. And because we didn't really have a finale of our game this year because of with everything, I'm going to give it to the one that has the most settlements. For nice. Being I like that uh, addition, right? The Having the most settlements, that little spin. That's cool. So for me, buildings work... Well, let me first explain how I use buildings in the classroom before I tell you how I like pivoted out of the classroom. So in my game, every student has an avatar, and I actually have them make it. It's a, a card they have. And what I did was I created these buildings that I would hang on several bulletin boards, and I, I would slowly add them. So at the beginning of the game, they would only have three buildings they could interact with. And then as we would do different challenges, it was just another lever I could sort of pull on in my gamified class where it was like, hey, we need some bit of excitement. And I'd look through all the buildings I have and I would say, hey, for today's activity, if we do X, we unlock this building. Or if we defeat this boss, we unlock this building, right? Or however you want to phrase it. But I would then add certain buildings. And I think I had, I think I have a total of like 16 or 17 buildings and how these work. And it's my favorite iteration. I wasn't able to do it in the digital and that is each building down below has slots for their avatars. And some buildings, it's open to anybody. Other buildings, it's like this slot is only for like one person per house. So like a house couldn't jam it up and then the other kids can't. But others are like just open docks where like whew, anybody can go in there and one house could have all four slots or five slots. Some have unlimited slots. So you just like pull the pin and whoever's sitting there from your house you can just add your avatar to it and now there's five people from your building taking one slot uh per your house and this has been i think the cleanest and this is why it's lasted for me now two years 
iteration of buildings and giving kids that true agency, that choice, because where are you going to put that person? And what all these buildings do something special and it, it activates at some point, right? And wherever their avatar is at that point, that's what they get. So they might get lucky. They may put their guy up there and maybe literally today is the day I was going to do stuff at the end of the period. And so now like, ooh, their guy was there for all of like 20 minutes and they got paid out. And other times they put their avatar there and we don't do anything with the buildings today or tomorrow. And like, hey, five days later, uh, seven days later, I'm activating the buildings and they get paid even though that guy's been sitting there for seven days, right? But uh, it's fair because I pay all the houses at the same rate. So whatever it is, like whatever day I pick, like well then I'm, I'm sort of doing it for all the houses. And then also I try to sort of not have anybody cheat a little bit. <laughs> uh, there is sort of a lockdown. Whenever I decide that, hey, that first period that I have that I'm paying people out, like knowing word's going to spread. That like, oh, he's paying out. So like then people will start putting up things on the, the bulletin board. I uh, At that point, you're not allowed to adjust the board the rest of the day, right? Yeah. So when that fourth period class comes in and knows they can't quickly go over there and throw up their guy. Uh, so not having your avatar in play is always a poor choice in my game. Uh, some kids, it takes a while for them to figure that out. They think that like they should have their avatar in there binder but once these buildings come out you really should be constantly trying to put it out on the board because they're all giving you something like there there isn't a negative out there it's just which positive do you want to go for cool i have really loved that iteration it's clean and it's like really doesn't involve me that much which is some of the other building styles really did i had to really like maintain like who can go where and what can happen and blah, blah, blah. This is pretty simple. On the the printouts of the buildings, I put the directions for the buildings. Like, what does it do? So I'll be honest, you know, when I put up a new building and I kind of forget what it does and then it's my first week using that building, uh, I'm reading it right there with the kids. I'm like, oh, all right, Jordan, you are at the blacksmith. All right, it says you got to roll like a die and you need to roll this high, you know. So go grab a die, Jordan, and you run over and grab a die and roll it. And so I don't even have to have them memorized. It's right there. And I'm just going through the buildings one at a time, activating them. Um, and then another trick that I picked up last year was all my students' avatars, the background color of their avatar has to be their house color. So I can quickly look at the board and be like, all right, I'm, this is Ramal's period all the red avatars up there are the ones I have to sort of turn on. And so then I'm not like having to look through every building. Like, is there anybody here? Is there anybody here? I just can look. Okay, there's red people on this building. We're doing this one. There's red people on that building and that building. I do my three buildings. Those kids are excited. They get paid out. It usually generates a bit of excitement in the class. So then three other kids are like, well, I didn't have my avatar. Where should I put it? And, you know, and then they start throwing up their avatar. So I cool. super love it. Cool. Yeah, I have a printout for mine too, and that goes in my game manual. And I've been constantly adding to my game manual, and then they can see what each building does. And by my battle board, I actually put up the whole list of all the buildings and what they all do. And so then the kids know. And as we're going through, and like 
So if we're collecting resources, they're like, oh, well, I have the farm, so I get double the wheat. And so then I give them their double wheat, but they often remind me so that I don't have to remember what everyone has on all their buildings because they have so many set. They have the one group has seven settlements. So it starts to get a little much for me to remember, but the kids are on me. So they know, they know exactly what buildings they have. Cause I, I usually, I make them into little cards and then we put that into the, onto their settlement on the board game. Nice. So you can see it. Yeah. I was thinking, so one, uh, one of my first iterations was that style, this like yeah. civilization style buildings. And the upkeep got too great for me. And my kids didn't sort of click into the upkeep of it. Uh, but I, if I was to redo it, what I have come to decide to do is having kind of an audit day, right? And whatever's in the audit, that's what you have. So... Uh, you know, when I pay out a group or whatever, I'm going to look at the audit sheet and kind of say, Hey, it says you got four farms and four farms means you make extra gold or extra this or extra that. Um, and I think that would make me streamline it a little bit, right? If I had a sheet that just sort of showed me that. And then when they build a new sheet, you know, or when they build a new building for their group or their guild or whatever, I could just change it on the audit sheet or have one of them change it and I have to sign off on it or whatever. Um, but having some sort of official record that that's been done and ever so often redo your audit, right? And and, and put that on kids, you know, like have three kids, four kids from different guilds so there's like no cheating, right? Because they, they would never let the other group get something extra. And, you know, that means like one recess, I don't know, a month, like going through the audit of every group. But uh, that way you could get really complex structures and complex interactions without a huge weight on you. Hmm. Yeah, that would be actually, I, I'm thinking about that and I'm like, oh, I wonder if I could build like some type of like spreadsheet that then calculates that for me. So then they would like, as we add in the buildings, then it would do that automatically. And then the payout, that would be really cool, I think. That I've, might be something I might look into. I've yeah. worked on said spreadsheet a few times. It gets complicated real quick because oh. it's got a first tab. Like so some of these buildings interact with each other, right? Yeah. So it's like, oh, you have the farm and you have like the silos. Like, okay, so that's doing something. And yeah. then you have maybe like the marketplace that interacts with every building you have because it like increases like the sales of everything. So it's like, all right, now the spreadsheet's got to check, you know, right. how many farms how many granaries and like, oh, and they have a marketplace. Well, that's a multiplier to both things. Like it gets pretty maddening pretty quick. Uh, but it depends. I mean, if your buildings are a little more streamlined, a little more straight, that it's just like every farm gives them a hundred gold a day or a hundred gold a year or whatever the case may be, uh, that might be easier. And, and if the buildings don't interact so much with each other and I, this is sort of the next point I wanted to ask you is, uh, and I'm sure our listeners right now are, are struggling with this. What do they all do? Cause each building needs to affect something. So that means you'd, you'd need to have a whole slew of currencies, right? Like whether it's research points or food or, you know, 
happiness or whatever the case may be but you need to have all these currencies so that you can have a building that gives you more happiness you have a building that gives you more like research you have a building that gives you right uh is that true i mean because you have you have different style buildings than i do no no for sure it does like i have ones that give them some victory points in the game that they can then total at the end of the game who has the most victory points there's some that give them like extra hp especially that can help them in a in a boss battle um that would be like our churches and stuff because they can call on the power of a prayer and stuff and and then i have like with our schools and universities and colleges they can they get better building effects and so they can then get cost off on building costs on future things that they build and so remembering that that's sometimes the hard part but they usually are the ones that remind me I'm just kind of looking off my sheet here. No problem. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that for me, that's the always the tricky part, right? Is yeah. you create a building, it's got to do something, right? Like I can find a really cool picture of an awesome library that I want to add to my game, but then inevitably, just like with items, the next question is, all right, so what is what does the library do? Like, yeah. And then having those interlocking systems well well the library is going to increase your research well okay then what is how do we use research in this game what does that do for us like maybe that unlocks other buildings faster okay great so now we have research and that unlocks buildings great but then you're like all right what does the marketplace do well that's gold all right well then how do you use gold right like it gets yep. complicated pretty quick um and I don't know. That's something to keep in mind, but I, I gotta tell you, this is such, I'm, I'm not directing this at you, Jordan, I'm directing this at everybody else. It is such a exciting piece for the kids, well, for um, sure. for anybody out there that's used some sort of, uh, you know, iPad, I think it's on Google as well. Google play, uh, clash of clans, right? Like think that, integrated in your game clash of clans you have all these buildings and you know you want to upgrade those buildings so you get things faster right so like the level one mine i don't know gets you like 10 gold or something every like 10 minutes or something and then it caps out so if you don't log in and collect your gold it just sits there so you want to constantly logging in collecting your 10 gold and eventually upgrade that to a level two so it gets gold faster and it holds more gold so i don't have to log in as often because it's gonna still generate and that game is one of the most successful uh ipad profitable games out there uh so this model works this idea of choosing buildings upgrading buildings it creates such different pathways for everyone and I, you have to see that in your class right you have these eight different colonies right yep Oh, and that's and that's what I want to start looking at is like that game because like I took a lot of my stuff off of Civilization So I went to their buildings and saw what they had and I'm like, okay I can use this this and this and so then I started building that but now I can see like the levels And I want to build up some of those levels So going to clash of clans would be is going to be a good resource that I can then upgrade this stuff this info and make it even better and more more I guess engaging for them because but they love the buildings this year and so i'm bringing that into my grade a game next year when we do our our kingdoms and our fiefdoms and so that's because i just had that group and they were they loved it so much in grade seven they're gonna like love it in the grade eight game because it totally 
because of what we did with the grade sevens totally changed my grade eight game for next year. Nice. So we'll be building up their, their fiefdoms next year with our Renaissance unit. That's awesome. I, I mean, like I said, kids are going to dig it. If you haven't checked out Clash of Clans, it would be a perfect little resource and research for you and anybody else. Uh, and it also shows us another model, whether you're talking about items or buildings here, guys. And that is just the idea of leveling your buildings. So you don't need, you know, 150 unique items. You could actually have... 50 items or 25 items and have level one level two level three level four of those so 25 items then really becomes a hundred items mm -hmm, by yeah. having by having four levels and it's really simple whatever your idea is you just dial it back or dial it forward if it was a small idea all of a sudden you know up its level and now it gives you 10 20 50 100 right like level fours gives you that right and then same with these buildings, you know, start, start small, like Clash of Clans, like 10 gold is nothing. But at the beginning of the game, it's something, right? At the beginning of the game, and, and things sort of progressively get more difficult, right? So to get the level two mine, you know, maybe it's $300 or something. Not too bad when you're getting 10 gold pretty quick. You build a couple of mines, all of a sudden you're making 50 gold every like... I don't know, five minutes, you can get to 300 pretty quick, right? But eventually to go from like level nine mine to level 10 mine, it costs a million dollars, right? So, <laughs> uh, but again, it also collects gold faster, right? So like your payout, but it is always up in the game, up in the, the cost, but up in the quality. And it's just got a really nice balance to it. So check it out, people. And that game only has, I want to say, like four resources. Um, there are three like physical resources you need to build things. And then there's like basically the armies and defensive resources. So maybe four or five total resources. They've built a multi-million dollar game around five resources. I think us teachers can figure out five resources. And just really that idea of having 10 levels per building, you know, yeah, that's no, I think that sounds awesome. I'm gonna definitely check that out. I know my kid was playing it, and so she uh, she was pretty into it there. So I think I could learn a lot from that. And like I've been talking with some of the kids in my class when we were doing that, and they came up with some good ideas. And so I added more buildings because of them. So we added in a stone wall, and we added in different ideas, things that they needed to have, and things we were learning about so that they could have those in our game as well. Nice. Uh, when I, so when all of this went down and I couldn't do the physical on the wall, move your avatar, I couldn't move every kid's avatar on some digital version of it. That would just be so much overhead for me. Yeah. Uh, I came up with kind of, actually I stole the idea a little bit from civilization one. I don't know if anybody ever played that. Yeah. I mean, even the new civilizations have it. There's this like mural sort of picture of your town. And every time you build something, you can kind of see it added to the mural. And like all of a sudden, you know, you have the marketplace, you have the Coliseum in the background. Uh, so I did this. I found some sort of painting of like a mountain and a river. And 
then I gave the kids all these buildings they could buy as a community. So this was like a, a great way to unify kids and like, hey, we're going to use our class resources and our, you know, I did a quiz, a fun quizzes game, and it shows you your class average. Like the kids can see it. It's up on the board. Right. Um, we played that, and I said, like, if we get over – 80% average, you're going to unlock one building. If you can get above 90% average, you'll unlock three buildings. And it was so fun to hear kids cheering each other on to try to get to those marks so we could unlock these buildings. Way less overhead on me because it is just one city graphic per whole period. And we just add these buildings to that mural. Um, that has been... That was that. That was nice, and it really worked for my online class. We did a couple sessions where I'd have the kids sign up, and we would actually play our game in the classroom, and they would build up their buildings, and I would just have my laptop set up for to see just the game, so they can see the game, and then we would go from there. And then I would just I'd roll the dice for the resources, and we'd have like fifteen minute sessions, but because we didn't have a lot of kids signing in groups signing up we our sessions turned into like half an hour 45 minutes and they those the ones that came were so pumped and they loved it nice uh I, that's it is i mean <laughs> there is that communal effort of building together working together and it does transport you a little bit when you see the mural and you see the little buildings start to get bigger and bigger and more powerful, more powerful. Uh, a lot of my buildings play off of each other. So if you have two of these, three of these, four of these, much like the Clash of Clan mines, even if it's a level one mine, having five level one mines is pretty awesome, right? You can collect a yeah. lot of stuff. And then you have the choice of do we upgrade our five level one mines or do we go with like the library instead and then start to upgrade that library like fun choices fun discussions my kids like when they when they did unlock three buildings it was like oh what do we do like do we go with three different level ones do we go with like one level one and upgrade it three times uh you know then they, they would try to like trade with me like what if instead of getting level one buildings can we get one level two building can we just go straight to that or straight to a level three um because some of these buildings have like interlocking requirements so they were trying to skip some requirements uh it's so fun so fun and that was me exploring this for the first time like i'm sure i'll do another episode on on these kind of buildings especially if we end up having more digital teaching days in the future yeah. uh yeah. that, that's something i'm gonna look at uh but to give some people some flavor of these buildings before we sort of wrap up here and i'm sure you can share one or two of yours just to give you an idea, and this is for my digital ones that were the whole house is working together. I have the farm, and the farm, and again, my being a medieval situation, right? That 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 works. This little farm, and it says, earn twenty five XP per realm and nobles sort of activity that 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 gets completed in your house. So each of my assignments had like the requirement you gotta read this chapter write this review up and each of my assignments had an optional task that went with it that was like a realm of nobles task and so the farm they would get 25 xp for their house per kid going on it per farm and so this really upped the like hey 
Jordan, you need to go on one too. And I need to go on one because like then, hey, if 10 of us go on that, that's 250. Oh, by the way, we have four farms. That's 1,000 XP for our house. By just doing these extra, and a lot of the ones that were attached to the assignments were really small because I still have side quests that are bigger and more involved. This was like a, almost an extension to the assignment. So like you did the thing, you wrote your summary. Uh, <laughs> write a haiku about like one of the people in the thing, right? So it's just, it's one extra step. But like you chose to do it and so did 10 others from this class and you have four farms. That's a thousand points for just writing a stupid haiku. Like, let's do this. Nice. Uh, so that was one ability. Just to give people some flavor. What's a building you have and how does it work? Okay, well, let me see here. Uh, the school, it gives you one victory point. It creates tradesmen and you can re reduce his building costs of 25%. So that's like one of the buildings that they can do. And then the upgrade is like getting the college and then the university, because each you have to have the school to be able to build a college. And then to build the college, you have to have a university. Makes and sense. each one kind of goes up like that. So like from, from 25 to 50, then to 75% off building costs, and they get more victory points for each one as well. I love it. I love it. Well, Jordan, I gotta say, we're we're gonna have to do another buildings episode where we just like hammer out all the building options we have. Uh, but this was a really good setup. Do you yeah. think you'd be? I'm not, I'm gonna put you right on the spot here. As we record, you think you could come back literally next week so we can have a kind of one-two punch here? Sure, I would. I'd love to. Awesome. So next yeah. week we're gonna then do the. Like we're going to really drill down on some of these examples. I'll give you some from both my in-class style as well as my online style in case that helps. And Jordan can walk us through kind of this interlocking civilization setup. That would be fantastic. This was a good intro. We got to get to uh, reflection time here. So here we are. You ready? I'm ready. All right. So this one comes from Winston Churchill. And it is, we shape our buildings thereafter they shape us. Ooh. How's that hit you? Well, just keeping on building, I guess, like our buildings like shape where we're going. And with that becomes, becomes knowledge and knowledge is power for these kids and for us. And like, it's like never stop learning. So it's like you build these building blocks in place for these kids and they're going to continue to want to, keep going and pushing further and in my game though the kids pushed my game to another level this year and made me really think and how to keep adding that in new elements to keep it expanding even further i i don't know that's just that's what i was thinking i don't know <laughs> i love it so again the quote being we shape our buildings thereafter they shape us i i love this idea right because uh, when you think of a town or let's let's think of it from a governmental sort of standpoint when the government chooses to subsidize a new power plant or a, a new library or a, a police station at you know the other end of town or whatever the case may be uh, that's a choice that's a choice the community made and that's an investment and we shape those buildings like the government only has so much money to put into the town and they chose that police station they chose that library and then once built, thereafter, those buildings shape the community. Now we have a library where people can come and, and get things. We have a police station that might do all sorts of things, right? You know, keep us safe. Uh, and so 
I think having all of these buildings gives gives the community shape. And here we're talking about our online games or our in-person games. It's a way to bring that to life and give shape. And as, as the story I told you about the farms, once we start to build these buildings, it does thereafter shape some of the choices that the team makes because it's like, well, we could build a level one library, but we have 10 farms. Like, let's start upgrading those farms. So like, like they really flex that muscle. And there were other groups that had like a little bit of everything and they did really well too because they had a little bit of everything. So it, it's, it's interesting how it impacts the game. And For sure, the decisions, yeah. Yeah, I absolutely love it. Well, I look forward to having you on next week as we sort of really dive into this, this two-part game series uh, on buildings. That's going to be fantastic. Did you want to take a look at my game real quick before we go? Like I can just pull it up and show. Uh, no, that's going to be next week, my friend. That's going to be next week. I love how you teased it already. That's fantastic, Jordan. Uh, everyone, thank you so much for being part of the well-played community. Don't forget to check out mrmatera.com for all sorts of other ways you can connect. Uh, also check out Teacher's Table, which is a new uh, live stream in the mornings. Love to have you there. That's 9 a.m weekdays so 7 a.m for me <laughs> sorry 9 a.m eastern standard time i definitely gotta stress that uh all right everyone i love having you guys here take care